Ready to pop the question? The jewelers at BlueNile.com have got sparkle down to a science with beautiful lab-grown diamonds worthy of your most brilliant moments. Their lab-grown diamonds are independently graded and guaranteed identical to natural diamonds, and they're ready to ship to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. Hello, Alex, one half of Rubonas and Rhythms here. Thanks so much for downloading the show. I'm delighted to say we picked up a lot of new listeners over the summer during our World Cup specials, so I just thought I'd explain the format of the podcast. So we try and bring you fascinating football stories from around the world, concentrating on a country at a time, or speaking to a musician about their love of football, or a footballer about their love of music, anywhere that the two meet, and sometimes where they don't, and we just love the music, or we love the footballer themselves. Uh, We love suggestions from you, so do follow us on Instagram and Facebook and Twitter, and tweet us suggestions, we absolutely love that. Um, But we're going to do something a little bit different today. A little while ago, uh, Luke Moore from the Football Ramble, which is an incredible podcast, and Luke just lots of great other projects as well that we uh, touch on during this interview um he said it'd be great to just chat about ordinary people's music choices on a podcast now i made that podcast uh, desert isolation discs we got some great guests on including everett true the music critic who uh, talked about his experiences firsthand with courtney love and uh, kurt cobain and um, we interviewed nick helm the comedian who's uh, famous for the bbc2 show uncle is also a musician so do go and check that out but we thought we'd bring that together with the rabonis and rhythm show while we're making our next series uh, so we brought luke on for that that i'm delighted to say uh on the next series uh my co-presenter james is out in senegal right now actually uh putting together some great material for the next series and we've got other interesting stories that we can't wait to bring you later in the year so i'll stop rambling now ironically enough and uh, bring you luke but before i do here's a word from someone who pompey fan luke might not quite love hi i'm matt Letitia, and you're listening to rabonas and rhythms and welcome to Rabonas and Rhythms, the show about music and football. We've got a very special guest for you today. It's Luke Moore from the Football Ramble. Uh, just as a little prelude to this podcast, Luke and I met uh, back at a comedy gig from his fellow Ramble co-presenter Jim Campbell back in 2014. He gave me the nucleus of an idea to basically rip off Desert Island Discs from Radio 4, but with more interesting people. Uh, at that time, I vowed over the pint to... Uh, get Luke into the studio and find out his musical choices. Uh, Luke, how do you feel now that I've uh, held you to it? It was yeah. actually 2012, so you've misremembered the date, <laughs> but, that's, but that's okay. Um, yeah, and I don't know if I am as interesting, probably not, but yeah, I'm happy, I'm happy to be here. <laughs> no, it's great. So uh, we're going to do a Rabona special uh, and meld the two podcasts, as it were, this week. Uh, so Luke, we know you from the Football Ramble, we know about your love of football, and we'll come on to that, but... Tell us a bit about your love of music, because we do occasionally hear from you singing on oh, the yeah. podcast. Yeah, and I think people get a bit of a... People get the wrong end of the stick about that. I think they think that I'm just singing because I think I'm a really good singer. <laughs> but what it is, is that's just, that's just what I'm like. I'm always singing around, and I just don't... I try and be myself in the studio, so occasionally that type of thing will bleed its way into a show. Yeah. Um, yeah, but I love music, yeah. And, and part of the reason I, I said I'll come and do it is is because... You're, mm-hmm. you're a friend, but also because I like talking about music, and I'm happy to do it at any um, any opportunity. So mm. here I am. But it's, it's been a big part of my life, as I'm sure it has for many people, 
ever since I can remember, really. I come from uh, a musically interested family. Uh, mm. I grew up listening to records my parents liked and 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 um and sort of went from there and it's always been a huge uh part of my life i spent a bit of time working in music although not that long um we want to hear about that come on well i, I started i did a bit of um tour managing and a bit of artist management and a bit of club night promoting and then i worked a bit for a label or two but not very long um mm. not for very long um and i i, I decided that <laughs> partly because you didn't get paid much money for doing it, but also because I just decided that music is a hobby for me and, and something that I'm a fan of rather than necessarily needing to get in there and see yeah. how the sausage is made, so to speak. So <laughs> I, 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 uh, yeah, I left fairly swiftly and, and haven't gone back since, but nevertheless, music still is a, is a big part of my life. So what's your opening track today? Um, the opening track I've chosen is a song by a band called Secret Machines, who um, I remember when I first heard this record, Back in, would have been, what, 2004, early 2004, um, not long before I moved to London. And um, I, I read about it in a, in, a, in a newspaper or something. And hmm. I played it uh, for the first time, bought it, and played it on CD for the first time in my car. And just remember thinking, wow, this is like music from another planet. It sounds so, so big. Um, they, would, they would call it new prog. I think it's more like a space rock type sound. Um, but yeah, and this is, uh, for me, the best song on the record. It's uh, Sad and Lonely. Bit of space rock for you then. Let's have a listen. Did you get your heartache in your head rush confused? Had you been sleeping late because you'd been abused? Are you alone? What's the podcast about? Uh, the Football Ramble is a twice-weekly show about um, football, as the name suggests. But it's more of an entertainment show about football than a football show, I would say. Um, and we spend Monday and Thursday either looking back over the weekend or looking forward to the next weekend. Um, all the big talking points, all the all the sort of fun of the fair, really, and trying to really... Um, dig into the funnier more light-hearted mm. irreverent side of the game because a lot of other shows out there and a lot of other coverage of football is quite serious and we try to, to not be that but at the same time i like to think it has still got a bit of weight about it as well absolutely absolutely and as someone who's listened to it for the best part of a decade i would add to that that i think some of the in jokes that you develop not just with yourselves but with the people who listen to it are, are one of the attractions that really keep people listening to the ramble i mean it's spawned books and live shows uh we're sitting behind branded mics so we've yes. got uh cushions with pete donaldson's face on them which yeah. i mean there can be no higher pinnacle surely that was that was a joke by me that went too far <laughs> uh, that that was a joke by me that went 75 pounds too far 
uh, to get his face put on every cushion in the, in the studio. Including postage and packaging? Uh, I think it might have been, yeah. Oof. And uh, I even ordered two of the same one by accident. <laughs> I, I was trying to do it really quickly, so they came for the time the studio was open, which I managed to succeed in yes. doing. Um, but yeah, so everywhere you go, you sit on a cushion with Pete's face on it, which he secretly absolutely loves, mm. although he pretends that it's a bit embarrassing. <laughs> but can you, you could never have imagined what it would become when you set out, presumably. When we set out, no, I wouldn't mm. have thought so. I think when we set out, we just wanted um, to, to chat football as, as a group of friends and, and have an excuse to do so. Um, but as things progressed, then I suppose, you know, it's not um, it's not like one day you're doing it at home with your pals and the next day... You've got your own studio, yeah, and branded mics and a live <laughs> show. It's, it, it takes time, of course, and it goes in stages. And it's the same with anything. It's like you know your own career. You don't go from being a work experience to the CEO mm. in a day. You, you work through it. It's been very much a process. Yes. So um, I think we've had time over the years to get used to each next step. Mm. So it doesn't feel quite so odd as perhaps some people might think it would. Um, so it's yeah, it, it, it is what it is, and we enjoy doing it. No, it's fantastic. Uh, so can you give us your next track? Yes, my next track is... Um, so I'm a big fan of pop music as well, and pop music for its own sake. I don't think pop music is anything to be scared of or to be derided or to be worried about not looking cool enough to listen to it. I think if you like it, you should just like it. And when I was growing up listening to records uh, with my parents and listening to cassette tapes in my mum's car, we listened to a lot of stuff like uh, Madonna... Uh, other bits and pieces of classic sort of 80s mm. and 90s pop and um i think this song i've chosen here now is probably the best pop straight pop song of the 21st century in my opinion mm. by again in my opinion the finest pop artist working in the world today and it's call me maybe by carly rae jepsen you took your time with the call i took no time with the fall you gave me nothing at all Finest Carly Ray there, uh, Luke. What is it about that song that you particularly love? Um, I think it's it's just perfectly catchy, perfectly simple. Um, <clears throat> not too uh, doesn't take itself too seriously. The video is is fun as well. So I think there's this perfect sort of sweet spot in pop music where you don't take yourself too seriously, but and and so then so the, the lyrics reflect that. You don't get into too sort of deep 
heavy, meaningful stuff. Mm. For example, I, I like quite a lot of different boy band songs, but I don't really like it when they slow it down mm. and sit on the stalls so and start doing the really earnest stuff. I just like the upbeat stuff. Keep it upbeat. <laughs> and I think as long as it does that, it's got a good chance of being, of being successful. And, and there's nothing about that song you could add to or take away that, that would make it any better. It's just a perfect pop song, three minutes almost, just over three minutes, yeah. perfect length. Um, and yeah, just ridiculously catchy. I, I've, I've listened to it so many times, I've never once got bored of it. <laughs> and so you're a man who likes to study formations. Is there a, a boy band that you think you could have slotted into? Now you're talking. Someone who could be so, subbed out in favour of them more? <laughs> my, 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 my simple answer to that is I reckon I could have slotted into any of them, yeah. but everyone else probably says none of them. <laughs> that would be Versatile. Versatile. Yeah, the, yeah. the James Milner of yeah. pop bands. But not yeah. in anyone else's opinion. Yeah, yeah. As long as you can don a white suit and and you know stand up from that stool when when required. That's very know. that's very nineties early two thousands though, isn't it? It's it all is. about it's it all is. about the, uh, the the tattoos now and the yeah. hoodies and stuff. Very good point. I'd say yeah, pitch yourself a modern. A modern yeah, but then okay. I am almost thirty eight, so probably not going to work. It's a bit, <laughs> bit more tragic than, than ever. So uh, away from the pop, what would you sort of see as your like the core genres that you loved growing up? To, you know, everyone gets pigeonholed in, in this country, but was there? One that you, you found yourself taking um, Yeah, I think it was the usual thing, really. As a kid growing up in a small town, I think I got into metal quite early. Mm. Um, I, I really used to love uh, Metallica and Guns N' Roses, which I suppose is like a really safe version of, of metal or, or classic rock, I suppose, yeah. in Guns N' Roses' case. So I really liked that because uh, it, it felt dangerous. It felt mm. a little bit naughty. Um, as pathetic as that sounds now, but that's what you like <laughs> when you're a kid, and so I liked that. I also liked, um, I quite like it, weirdly enough, I sort of quite liked, um, well, no, it's not weird, because because my parents would have exposed me to it. I quite liked stuff like David Bowie. I was, I was really yeah. into David Bowie as a young kid. Mm. Um, but then I also quite liked, like, pop, hip-hop, like um, Vanilla Ice and yeah. uh, Criss Cross and that kind of stuff. So mm. it's a bit of a mix, really, a bit of an amalgamation. But I was really into music from quite a young age. I remember spending quite a lot of my pocket money, and then when I hit sort of 16... Saturday job money yeah. on records, on well, CDs it would have been. Um, and where did you get them? There was a there was an hour price in Gospel High Street, uh, which is not there anymore. Uh, and there was also a shop called Reflex Records, which is like an independent record store where you could mm-hmm. get stuff like. When I moved and I got a bit older, I started to like stuff like Nirvana mm. and then um, Pearl Jam and then even sort of the more sort of Nirvana light stuff like. Silverchair, I liked all that kind yeah, of stuff as oh, well. Yeah, yeah. And so you could go to Reflex Records, and you could, they would stock that type of stuff. Yeah. Because of course there was no internet or anything then, so uh, that was that was how it was, uh, was how it sort of went. And and back in those days, you could really sort of, I feel like you could identify what type of music someone liked by how they dressed. And so me and my friends were all really into like grunge type stuff around yes. that sort you of had time. The, you had the hoodies, hoodie, and, and the big baggy trousers. Oh yeah. And I used to borrow my dad's short sleeve shirts. And Nat- wear those as well, yeah. Naturally. Well, that would have made you cooler, whatever. I, I, I think there were, it was many things I was, Alex, but cool was certainly not one. <laughs> and so what's your next song? Uh, my next song, I'm taking it all the way back to the start. Now, I, I did um, I did sort of um, sort of ruminate over this list for quite a long time. It's really hard to get just eight songs. And um, I wanted to be as sort of in sort of representative of the music I like as possible. But of course, it's really difficult because there's so, there's so many different types of music I like and I, I listen to music every day, as I'm sure you do. So, um, but what, so what I thought I'd do, I, I really, about 10 years ago, I started to really get into um, like early blues music, yeah. sort of Delta blues, purely because I suppose it's that thing where, I don't know, if you're a film fan, 
you you watch a movie you like and you find out the director's influenced by another director, so you start watching his film yeah. and you go all the way back. Yeah. And now I've never done that really because I'm not a massive film but film buff or anything. But with music, I, I got I was really into the White Stripes when they first came out. Yeah, around two for me it was around when I first listened to them it was around two thousand one ish when I was at university. And he did and and White Stripes on their record Distill did a, a song called Death Letter, which is a cover of a Sun House song. Yes. Um, and um, that's, that got me into things like Sun House and Robert Johnson and all those type of type yeah. of, um, type of, um, of artists. And um, I've picked up a load of records over the years uh, since they've been reissued, like Sounds of the South and yeah. stuff by people like Sid Hemphill and that kind of stuff. And blues, early blues, blues music is a, real, um, is a real passion of mine. And... I read a book not so long ago called The Man Who Recorded the World about mm. Alan Lomax yeah. who uh, discovered all these blues musicians and folk musicians working in the field in the sort of 30s-ish, mm. 30s and 40s in, in the US. Um, and so I really wanted to get a song that represented that part of music that I really like. So I've gone for Sun House's version, which I think was put out in about... This version was put out in about mid-60s uh, and it's uh, Death Letter Blues. you actually I, I got into that particular song through the white stripes and yeah. went back to him through that well jack white's been great for that he, he's yeah. really he's really a man of, of, of many faults i'm sure most people would say but he's pretty good at sort of wearing his influences on his sleeve to the point where he's quite um in in awe of them and he's quite sort of deferential to them and he, yes. and he lets people makes it clear that that's the sort of stuff he likes and that's where it comes from and so that's really helpful for a listener, right? Because then you can go back and find the stuff that you like, that, that you like that's relevant yeah. to the stuff that you like now. Mm, absolutely. Uh, so we've talked about uh, your, your love of music and, and football, but what about your, I don't know if you would count this as your first love, but Pompey, Portsmouth, oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> your team. Yeah. Um, I often think with Portsmouth in particular, maybe because I think about them with your show, in mind but it's it's almost like one of those questions that you get asked where it said uh, if you we could give you the fa cup hmm. but you're going to have to suffer at least 10 yeah. years of, of absolute turmoil so they, they won the fa cup in 2008 yeah and then the club basically imploded not that long afterwards yeah uh do you think you would have taken it if you would have offered it in the early 2000s it's a really difficult question to answer because from a pure football fan point of view of course i enjoyed that fa cup win immensely and it's something that i it's got great memories for me. I mean, mm. it being just over 10 years ago and mm. I had great experiences around it and it's not something I would change. But however, I do also understand that the football club I support came very close to being non-existent and there were a lot of local businesses and a lot of things that happened around that where they set up a, a deal with the revenue and with, with their creditors and stuff that meant that a lot of people lost out, including mm. some charities. So it, my contempt is really for the people who made those decisions in the first place 
But from a pure footballing point of view, would mm. I, I mean, if you just take it on the pitch, would I take yeah. an FA Cup win to then end up in League Two a few years later? I think I probably would. Yeah. Um, but I don't obviously advocate or support or condone any of the stuff that went on off the pitch because it left a lot of people out of pocket and was frankly embarrassing. So mm. it's hard to it's hard to separate those things, I think. Mm. Uh, and these days, football fans are required to um, have an opinion or have a sort of moral standpoint on the owner of their club and, yeah. and how it's run. And, and when I was young, that was never the case. You never really mm. got involved. You just... You just watch the team and like the players. Now, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong, and that it's, you know, we're all going to hell in a handcuff, but I'm just saying it's, it's a difficult thing when people, you're put in that position as a fan because you yeah. still want to continue to support the team, mm. but at the same time, you can have an issue with the way that it's run. And I feel like I'm a caught between the two stools a bit there, really. I can imagine that. And, and you're so right that people feel like they need to have an opinion on that side of it when you yeah. you know after all football is a leisure pursuit for most people and yeah. you know it's an outlet so you don't yeah. necessarily need that uh, what about just on the pitch what are your happiest memories of, of watching Pompey over the years um, well of course the FA Cup final win but for me it's football is a, it's a leisure pursuit and it is a, a pastime and a form of entertainment and I think when I think about the best times watching Portsmouth it doesn't necessarily tally up with them being the best team I mean, it, it's when you know I was at sixth form college or whatever and living down there still and we used to go to every home game as a yeah. bunch of friends and they would largely be terrible but you used to enjoy it anyway and, do you uh, know the bloke with the cowbell I don't know him no I've obviously <laughs> the other celebrity Portsmouth fan <laughs> that, see that's got to stop people can't say that one I'm not a celebrity and two I don't want to be in that category uh, but I have obviously I have obviously rubbed shoulders with him inadvertently at the occasional game because that's just unfortunately how, how it is. But um, yeah, I, I don't I don't equate enjoyment of watching my team with them being brilliant. Obviously, mm. I like to see them win, but to me, yeah. it's about the experience and the camaraderie. And now I've actually really enjoyed taking um, my wife to, to Pompey Games. Yeah, because she'd never been before. Because why would she? Um, and it's nice time for us. To, she she enjoys watching football games, so it's nice for us to spend some time together and go and do that. So yeah. in a way, it's almost like a uh, a family member that's always there, you can go and visit and all that yeah. kind of stuff. But because I'm up in London now, I don't get to see them as much as I used to. Mm. Um, but, it, but I suppose it's almost like an abstract question to answer because it's just part of it, isn't it? I mean, I, you, yeah. you're a Sheffield Wednesday fan. You would have great experiences of, of supporting Sheffield Wednesday. Now, I'm sure some of them would be about them being successful yeah. like when they won the League Cup and all that kind of stuff. But yeah. some of them would just be great experiences with your friends, right? Yeah, last 20 years, not not so much no. the, the on-the-pitch action, but what I remember. Yeah, mm. definitely. Mm. Yeah, it's, it's been some incredible time. Mm. Uh, so tell us about your next song then, Luke. Uh, the next song is... Um, by a band called the Beta Band, who are for me one of the best British bands ever. They're just so in, so innovative, so interesting, so f- clever, but also never losing sight of that pop sensibility either. Mm. I think a lot of bands tr- who get too clever try and sort of stay away from melody and think, oh, it's too it's too easy or it's too sort of basic to be poppy and to be fun and to be catchy. And I think the Beta Band achieve a balance of being able to be really actually quite deep and quite affecting and and it's heavy duty songwriting in my opinion yeah but at the same time it's also really accessible and really good and and if we're doing this desert island thing or desert isolation as you mm. have to call it yeah you're the, isolated the, in the desert the, the, oh desert isolation okay yeah. well i'll be dead in 10 minutes <laughs> I, mean, I get sunburnt very quickly but uh, presumably i could find some sort of shelter mm. um i i chose this song it's dr baker but it's the it's the live at the shepherd's bush empire uh, version 
purely because they completely reinvent the song and it gives it a really fresh flavour. And I also thought to myself, if I'm going to be isolated somewhere, I'd quite like to hear a crowd and some voices and some and some real actual instinctive impromptu like energy. So uh, that's why Never. I chose this version. And this is uh, the Beast Band with Dr. Baker live at Shepherd's Bush Empire. Don't you think for me in the morning Let the know he's still yawning Don't you think for me in the morning Let the know she would make it How did she ever take a listen outside his head Don't you think for me in the morning He couldn't understand He was a busy man Tried to reach him again To plead with him Please come, please come, please come Please come, please come, please come. See me lost inside, you will see me lost how high. See me lost inside, you will see me lost how high. See me lost inside. was the beta band live at shepherd's bush empire and i was just thinking there that, that album the three eps that was obviously yeah. brought together on which dr bacon dry the rain which is one of my uh favorites probably yeah. number nine in the list if i was doing this yeah um that it feels a bit underrated when you look back at musical yeah. history it, it's, it's really interesting going if you look back at some interviews back in the 90s of really mm. big bands like oasis and radiohead and and one or two others mm. There's, there's instances where they say, oh, our next record, we want to make a beta band record. We want to make a record like the beta band. They're almost like your favourite band's favourite band. Yeah. They never really crossed over and became massively commercially successful. And I only really got into them properly probably about 10 years ago. Mm. And I think that they'd, they'd probably split up by then. So it was a long, yeah. long time after their, their peak period. Um, and uh, there's, a lot of, there's a lot of reasons for that, I think. And I wouldn't want to speak on behalf of them, obviously, but they had issues with mental health and with... Mm. Um, lots of other sort of situations that went on around around the group and 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 so in a way it's almost it feels like it's it's a it's a a, a, a sort of a group of music put together that exists in one particular time yeah and, i mean i'd love them to reform so i'd go see him but well, steve mason himself the lead singer so i've seen steve mason live and he's very innovative now with yeah. some hip-hop crossovers yeah. so, you know so he's, he's when i saw him live though, lots of ideas oh definitely when i saw him live he actually played um uh, a few beat band songs yeah. So um, he's obviously in, you know, he obviously still likes it and everything. And I, I really enjoyed yeah. that um, solo record he put out called Boys Outside. Yes. Which is great. Um, but yeah, I, I just think they're a, they're a fantastically innovative band and one of the most underrated British bands ever, in my opinion. And I, I just never get bored of listening to them. I find them they have a huge amount of different influences from different types of music. I mean, mm. a lot of the beat band stuff it is quite hip hop influenced as yeah. well. It's quite dubby in places. It's got mm. a lot of different sort of uh, sort of strings to its bow. So, um, and that's not necessarily my favourite of their song. I just mm. thought it was an interesting version of a song that I really like. Definitely, uh, well, he is uh, responsible for one of the worst band names ever, which was King Biscuit Time. Oh, yeah, I never really got into them. 
Yeah, I don't know why he called them that. No. They had some decent songs. <laughs> Did they? Okay, I've never really heard them. But yeah. uh, just a little note then. You mentioned your wife there, Mimi. Uh, yeah. you, you guys uh, are known for something. Well, you particularly. Hashtag travel. You, oh, right, you, have yeah. a good, you have a good relationship with your listeners. Well, that's her Rumble. fault. <laughs> the, that, is that down to her influence? <laughs> yes. Well, no, she, well, basically, we she's from the US, so we do a bit of traveling back and forward. And at that point, we weren't living together. She was living in the US and I was living here. Mm. And... Um, I used to get bored of Instagram or whatever, and, yeah. and, and then I would, but I take photos, and she would, oh yeah, I'll upload them for you, and she would always put hashtag travel in there. <laughs> so then I started putting hashtag travel in there yeah. because I guess it means that people will see your photos. Sure. I don't really, to be honest, I don't really know why I did it because I don't really use hashtags now unless I'm trying to be funny. <laughs> yeah, and then the football ramble listeners, in all their uh, infinite wisdom, yeah, thought it was funny, mm-hmm. uh, and now I can't really do anything online without mm. someone replying with hashtag travel mm-hmm. if i go we do a live show yeah. i get people literally saying it to me which yeah. I, I, I'm, I'm the only person <laughs> must have people actually <laughs> saying hashtags to me so uh so yeah it's backfired yeah. it's mostly her fault but i'll take it on the chin i suppose just tell us about those live shows then because as a sort of specky white football fan uh, i didn't feel in the minority at the few live mm. shows that i've been to the football rumble how are those experiences for you i mean you, you filled up some incredible venues and you yeah. must have had Oh, they're time. amazing, yeah. It's a great privilege and it's mm. enjoyable and it's, it's a real buzz, like an instant buzz that you don't get with um, yeah, with with a podcast. So, of course, yeah, it's great. And, mm. uh, yeah, they're, they are very male affairs, as I suppose you'd, <laughs> you, you'd expect. But, of course, we we don't plan it that way. We, no. we, we want it to be as inclusive and as, and, as, and as interesting for as many people as possible. So yeah, I would say that it's a really nice atmosphere, I think, and yes. hopefully you'd agree. And, and if anyone is... Um, not male and wants to come. You're also very welcome. <laughs> uh, but it's great. It's fantastic. And, and do you know what? Um, Doc Brown, um, who is a comedian and actor, Ben Smith, Ben Bailey Smith, he's a good friend. He had the idea and yeah. basically produced the, the first live tour we did. Yeah. We went to, did one in London. Well, did a couple in London, I think, actually. And did um, something Edinburgh, Manchester, and one or two others. And so, and then it sort of went from there. And now we produce them ourselves. And we're hoping to announce some more shows, actually, for some big shows, hopefully next year. So it's a great aspect of, of the job, and we really enjoy doing it, all of us, I think. And yeah. and it, it's great because, it, you know, we always try and keep it like inclusive. So we'll always go to the bar after. We'll always yeah. make it interactive. We'll always get people out of the audience. We're trying to take it beyond just four blokes sat behind a table talking about football. Because I think, really, that ain't, for me, that's not good enough. If you, if you mm. want to charge people 20 quid to come see you, whatever we charge. Yeah. It's got to be more than that. You can't. You can't just do that. I. I don't agree with other podcasts doing it, and so we don't want to do it ourselves. So we've tried to turn it into at least a start or the makings of a proper theatre show with no experience or skills. <laughs> so hopefully we're, we're we're feeling our way through it, and we've got there's more to come. So um, there's something to look out for. But to answer your question in short, it's a, it's a great thing. No, it's to your credit. They're they're great shows. Um, and so what about your next song then? Um, I'm going for another Scottish band. Mm-hmm. One of my favourite bands ever. Now, when I was putting this list together, obviously, band artists have to miss out. So I've tried to, as I said earlier, tried to be representative of different types of music I like. This is one of my favourite bands. I'm going to see them again in November. I've seen them before. Another really underrated band from that 90s era, and it's uh, Teenage Fan Club, and the song is December.
That was Teenage Fan Club. Uh, a great song, that one, Luke. Uh, what was it particularly that made you pick that one? Um, it was difficult to pick a song. It's just impossible. <laughs> and, and I couldn't pick a single one. I could have picked anything from... This is like Bandwagon-esque, obviously, one of their early records. And um, I had about four of those that I could have picked. I could have picked Baby Lee, which is a later song, which my wife and I had at our wedding. Um, I could have picked anything from Grand Prix, which is probably my favourite of their records. But ultimately, you've only got one song. So I just, I, I literally just thought, right, which song do I want to hear right now in this moment? And I picked that one because it's catchy and, and I love it. And so that was it. It, it doesn't say yeah. it's not my favourite of their songs necessarily, but I'm... When it comes to music, I'm someone who goes through phases. I, I'll go, sometimes I'll think, oh, do you know what? You know, the beta band are the best band ever, and I'll just yeah. listen to them for a week solid. And then sometimes I'll, I'll not want to listen to them for a couple of months. Yeah. I'll find it very hard. So this is eight songs of how I feel now. Yeah. If we did it in a couple of weeks, it'd be different. So uh, there's no real method behind that madness. I just love Teenage Fan Club, and I want them to be representative in, the, in this. So you're not the OCD type that is always making lists of that kind of thing? Well, I've got a, a group of friends, uh, four, five or six of us are all music fans, and we, we try and stay to, together and see each other as much as possible. Because when you're a, mm. a guy in his 30s and you get married and people start having families, mm. I think as a man particularly, you can become quite isolated. So yeah. we've made a real conscious effort to stay in touch, and we go to quite a lot of shows. And um, we've got a WhatsApp group and some other stuff going on. And they're, and they're really dear friends to me. It's actually a really important part of my life because, as you know, you've got you know a couple of kids yourself. You can yeah. go through ages not seeing people you've really got to make an effort yeah and so we do sometimes do things to keep ourselves um uh in contact so we'll make up lists of our favorite artists we did like a eurovision type thing where we had like a short list of 20 artists and we had yeah. to give them all points individually and then we unveiled it and um and did like a list that way so some, sometimes but i don't i don't sit there writing lists myself no i'm too busy can you remember who came out on top i think it was the velvet underground but yeah. i didn't have them as my number one Okay. I had the Rolling Stones as my number one, mm-hmm. who aren't on this list. Because uh, I noticed on your uh, Luke and Pete show, uh, yeah. which we'll go on to, but um, you were talking today about the heritage, or, or the, the show that's gone out today, you were talking about the heritage of Mick Jagger and his kids, yes. and his great-grandkids. So they're, they're a big band for you. you yeah, I like, I like the Rolling Stones, and I mm. like what they, re- not necessarily like what they represent now, but mm. I think if I could have been, if I could transport myself back to any era, mm. I'd probably go back and hopefully sit in on the XL on Main Street recording sessions. That made me my choice. I love that record. I think they're an amazing band. Um, and Mick Jagger has a son who is younger than his great-granddaughter, which is an amazing stat, amazing bit of trivia. And that's what we were talking about on that show. But yeah, I love the Stones. Uh, they haven't made it into this list, but if, we had, if I had my way, we'd have about 500 songs. Now, so <laughs> we, have to keep it, we have to keep it light. So I mentioned Luke and Pete there and uh, you've got various podcasts that you're working on under the it's radio stakhanov is yeah, your, that's right. your can you tell us a little bit more about that yes it's radio stakhanov is a network of podcasts uh where we decided that we were quite um not hemmed in or sort of restricted because that sounds negative and we're obviously very grateful to be doing the football ramble and on the continent but we were only really making football shows mm. the luke and pete show came out some before last because we had no football and then we just thought, hang on a minute, let's build it into a network. We've got loads of ideas. And so mm. me, myself, Pete and John, who's a guy who runs the Ramble with us, decided to branch out and do um, a network of podcasts. Yeah. Hence, um, we have a show called Berkhamstead Revisited, which I have, have helped to create and produce about a girl reading back through her teenage diaries. Um, and then we have... It's other, very good. Yeah, very it's, good. I really like it. I think it's great. And we um, have... Um, no, I would say that, wouldn't I? And we have, Pete does a show called Wrestle Me with Mark Haynes where they go back yeah. watching every WrestleMania. 
Um, so yeah, it's just a way to to get to branch out to have. If you've got an idea, mm. it will be a shame if we think it's a good idea or there's some good people who want to do it where you think, oh, we can't do that because it's not a football show or you know, there's there's reason to not do it. Now you can think of a thousand reasons mm. not to do anything. So we just thought we'd branch out and do it that way. And um, you know, I think podcasting as a medium shows the the strength of ideas that people have. I mean, your your friend of mine, a friend of the show, Tom Wally, yeah. uh, does a cycling podcast with yeah. uh, playing old cycling games yeah. uh, in his in his shed in the back garden. I think. Tom's uh, Tom's very good, and I have repeatedly asked him to come and do some stuff with us, mm-hmm. but he he can't pin him down for more than five minutes, so it's impossible. I mean, you need to, all you need to get Tom is is. A bike. That, yeah. That's how you. That's how you get him. In the he also lives thing. in the arse end of nowhere. So yes, he does. He does. Yeah. Uh, so what's your next song? My next song is. I mentioned David Bowie earlier. Uh, I was introduced to him by my dear old mum, who um, is a David Bowie uh, devotee, and uh, it was difficult to pick a song because obviously mm. it's David Bowie and he's got so many. He's genuinely one of my favourite artists. Uh, I can always find something of his to listen to which, that I like in whatever mood I'm in. And I went for the Diamond Dogs era because I sort of, maybe it's because I'm feeling quite apocalyptic because of everything that's happening in the world at the moment. But obviously it's based on Orwell's 1984 and it's quite dystopian in its feel. Hmm. And um, Sweet Thing is is my favourite song on the record. It goes into a song called Candidate and then goes back into Sweet Thing and then it goes straight into Rebel Rebel. But I thought it would be greedy to have four songs in one and you wouldn't let me have it. So I've gone for Sweet Thing uh, because it's my favourite standalone song on the record. So here it is. That was the glorious David Bowie. I'm glad you didn't try and sneak a montage under the net there. Well, <laughs> it would have been good. I mean, really, that's an album. It's a bit of a weird pick, I suppose, on one level, because that's a record you've got to listen to from start to finish. It's like a whole work, you know. Yeah. Um, but that sounds pretentious, so I just picked a song out. I could have picked one of 50, as I'm sure people listening will empathise with, because I'm sure they are, they are fans as well. He's the, he's the only sort of famous person I've ever been really upset about when he died. Yeah. I, I, I'm quite detached. I don't really feel like I feel grief or emotion about people I don't know mm. but Bowie it was just it was awful it's really I can't really explain why possibly because I spent formative years listening to it with my mother or something like that yeah it was really really difficult no I completely agree and you know someone uh, I work at a newspaper at the Evening Standard and uh, we're, we're pretty 
neutral when it comes to a lot of these things. You know, it's 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 work after all. Uh, yeah. When someone dies, you know, it's, it's how quickly can we turn around the front page? But yeah. you know, I still remember the the ripple that went through the newsroom at you know six thirty a.m. in the morning, which yeah. was when it was announced. Uh, and it's it's rare that you see so many people from different generations affected by it. Yeah, he's an absolute national treasure. Yeah. Uh, if someone said to me he's the best British artist of all time in any genre, I wouldn't I wouldn't be upset about that. Mm. And but, I, but I am upset that he's dead. And your next pick is a, a, another giant of uh, of music, isn't it? See, this was a bit of a trick because I, I couldn't fit all the ones I wanted in. So I've got <laughs> Jimi <laughs> Hendrix doing a Bob Dylan song. Yeah, so clever. I get two birds clever, and one very stone. Clever. <laughs> uh, this is, I mean, this is, I mean. If you put a playlist together on Spotify like people do these days and you don't really listen to albums from start to finish, mm. if you stick Jimi Hendrix doing Bob Dylan's Lock Around the Stone live at Monterey in 68, maybe, um, it sounds about three levels above any other song that comes before it or any song that comes after it. It's amazing how good it sounds, yeah. uh, even now. Um, and I love Bob Dylan, obviously, uh, and I love Jimi Hendrix, and I thought, I'm not spending two songs out of eight on those two. <laughs> so I amalgamated them. But genuinely, this is my, one of my favourite live records ever. The whole album's brilliant. Um, there's about three or four live albums that would be my favourites. And this is definitely in there. But it's Jimi Hendrix doing Like a Rolling Stone by Bob Dylan live at the Monterey Pop Festival. This one now, you got no cigarettes. Rabonas Veritems, Dünyadan Futbol ve Müzik Hikayeleri. Luke, can you give us a bit of a prelude to any more future uh, projects that you've got working on? Um... Well, I told you we might have some live stuff in the pipeline for the Ramble. We're anticipating a big season, football season for the Football Ramble this year, hopefully. Mm. We, had a nice, we had a lot of fun at the World Cup, and so we want to keep up that momentum. Um, I don't have anything concrete in the pipeline in terms of new shows, because I'm mm. too busy as it is. We need to hire yeah. some more people first. Where, uh, do you, where do you see, just talking about the Ramble, I mean, do you, what, what do you see your role as? Do you, do you feel like each of the four of you as we sit around your mics have a distinct role in the show? What do you think? You listen to it. Well, I... I, I, I would obviously say, yes, I've got the best role. <laughs> what do you tell me? No, but I think you, you, know, you were talking about making it serious sometimes. I, I, I do think that you often bring the analysis to the show uh, you know, when, when the, the banter is at a certain level. It, it feels like you've made a concrete uh, effort to, to sort of do that and to, to drill down into certain topics. Is, yeah, is that purpose? it's probably because I'll take myself the most seriously yeah, aspect. But, yeah. but, um, 
we try and make it an entertainment show about football, as I said. So if mm. you want to do that, mm. it's got to be entertaining and it's got to be about football. Yeah, you have to have a foot in each camp. Mm. And I think if you go too far off the beaten off the beaten track, mm. it's not going to be a great show. It's going to be self indulgent. It's going to be look, listen to how funny we are. Yeah, and if you go too serious, it's going to sound like every other football show, mm. which I personally find a lot of them quite boring. So, and since you started, there are far far more of them than yeah, there was. Yeah, of course, yeah. And so you want to have a foot in each camp. Mm. So, and I I do. I don't know, that's what I do, a bit, bit of radio and a bit of TV, punditing about football in a, in a semi-serious way at least. So, mm. I don't know, maybe I feel like, it's not It's not that I feel like I'm the best at it, it's just that mm. I feel like I want to, sometimes I do want to talk about football, I, mean, I do like football, so if it's something's no, I've caught my eye or something I've enjoyed watching or something I've noticed, mm. I'll tend to bring it to the table. And, um, and the guys the guys are all football fans as well, so it's not a, yeah. um, it's, not, it's not a departure, it's just that I probably... Like the sound of my own voice more than all the others I expect. <laughs> but is it is it tricky when you're if you're on uh, say Talk Sport or World Football Phone In or uh, on TV, and you know someone like a Craig Brown that you've yeah. had fun with on the show appears, yeah. uh, you know, or, or you're uh, talking about a subject that's been funny on the show, and you've got to find a different tone of voice. I wouldn't, I wouldn't say it's difficult. It does flash across my mind, and sometimes <laughs> I'll say. So I do a show on Friday nights called The Season Ticket with Danny Kelly and Laura Wood. Yeah. Uh, and Danny's a legend of broadcasting, and, he, and, he's, and he was doing the stuff I'm doing years before. You know, I was even thinking about it. So you know, mm. he he knows all that stuff. You stole this material. I basically have. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I've, I've taken it on. Some people would say I've taken it on another level, but the level is just lower. <laughs> uh, but uh, but um, so it's not though. Like all the other gigs I do, I have to be deadly serious. I, I think that stuff's overrated, overplayed. You can have yeah. fun. Of, I think you can have as much fun as you want doing it mm. within the time limit you're given. Mm. I think it's a bit of a myth that you can't have a bit of fun with stuff. I mean, talk, that TalkSport show, I, I, we have fun the whole three hours, really. There's mm. nothing really that serious, isn't it? No. It's not hugely difference in tone. There's no difference in tone from the ramble, really. Mm. Um, but I think that the type of people who are hired on the radio and TV, more often than not about football, are ex-pros who are quite serious. I mean, yeah. And so they are either brilliant at analysis or they're not, but not many of them are particularly irreverent or fun and the ones who are and who are good at it stand out someone like Ian Wright for example yeah. well, he's great he doesn't take himself too serious I've worked with him a number of times he's fantastic knows his stuff mm. but he's also like a really entertaining guy I think yeah. so that people like that are, are out there um, it's just that the way that people are booked and the way shows go um, uh, aren't necessarily going down that route but some of the stuff I do is quite serious and, yeah. and so you can't really you can't really do it so one word uh, in part of that then the Morstradamus and your penalty algorithm, yeah. your, the idea that you could see into the future, how, how far do you want to push that? As far as I can. <laughs> as far as I can. Yeah. Do, you want, do you want to make some calls? Next World Cup winner, for example? Next World Cup winner at this point. So we're recording for the record in September 2018. Mm. I should have a copy of those papers with me, shouldn't I? So yeah. Just to prove it. Yeah. Um, the next World <laughs> Cup winner. There's going to be 48 teams in it. I'm not necessarily. Not necessarily. No, no. But it's going to be in Qatar. Yeah. And it's going to be in the winter. Um, I think the next winner of the World Cup is going to be Brazil. Okay, big shout. <laughs> uh, next £200 million player? That's a good question. I think the next £200 million player could well be um, Mbappe again. Yeah, to, to, to transfer yet again. Yeah. To one of the major leagues oh, I'm not Sheffield Wednesday <laughs> yeah <laughs> you'd like that wouldn't you uh, we need a music one then uh, yeah. I don't know next uh, rock and roll star to cop it 
Uh, oh, I can't say that. No. That's, 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 that's <laughs> unfair. I'm not going down that road. <laughs> too dark. Uh, okay. Uh, the next one to uh, hit number one for a huge selling album. The next big artist. I don't yeah. know. I, I'm not really that, into, I'm not really that um, clued up on it. I wouldn't even better give you an answer. Morshadamus doesn't extend to music. No, I, I never claimed he did. <laughs> uh, what's your? Uh, is this your final track for yes, today? Yes, it is. Um, this final track is a a song. Again, the reason I chose this song is it's the first song by this band I heard, and it just seemed like a quite an easier way, easy way of picking one because I could have picked loads. Mm. Um, it's by a band called Japan Droids, who are for me the best band of the 21st century. They're a band for the first time I think since Nirvana, where I thought, "Whoa, this band actually mean it." And I've seen them live a number of times. Really always enjoy, always really enjoyed their stuff. It's just two of them, but they make a hell of a racket. Again, another example. And if there's one thing that goes through the, the music I've chosen, it's that melody is an amazing thing. And it shouldn't be, it shouldn't be arch or music shouldn't be um, complicated for complicated sake. Mm. Um, and so uh, Japan was very much fit into that. The drummer and the singer and a guitarist, or the, a guitarist singer, so there's two of them in total. Mm. In fact, they both sing, to be fair, so there's two of them doing a whole lot of stuff at the same time. <laughs> uh, and uh, it sounds brilliant. And this is uh, Young Hearts Spark Fox. <laughs> the japan droids uh luke this has been fantastic listening to your picks if i absolutely twisted your arm could you pick one to sit with under the desert uh, under the tree i yeah. guess uh, to protect your fair skin yeah i think and listen to i'd have to go with jimmy hendrix and like a Ron stone but so you still got two, two yeah two exactly artists. Two artists. <laughs> i do find that japan droid song really affecting even now i mean i think i probably first heard it almost 10 years ago but i still find it really deeply affecting now just the imagery it conjures up and the, and the emotion attached to it. Because that's what we do, don't we? We attach emotions to songs, and that's why they're so deep for us, but, mm. uh, or for, for, for music fans, I suppose. But I would have to go with Jimmy and Like a Rolling Stone, purely because I don't think it can be, it can be bettered in terms of a song mm. or, or in a performance of a song, so I'll choose that. That's great. It's been an absolute pleasure speaking to you, and as a fan of podcasting in general, I think some of the work that you're doing is, is great, and it's, it's really fantastic to see. Uh, and here, and here, yeah. <laughs> Imagine More you can hear him. Wouldn't do very well. Yeah. Well, you know, you just you've still got your videos, haven't you? you know. Yeah. The less said about that, the better. <laughs> Face for radio, mate. That's me. Luke, thank you very much. That was a pleasure. Thanks for having me. Hey, it's Paige Desorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. 
I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.